Hey, what's up, anime fans? This is the 21st episode of the Rayshon Gatson Anime Podcast. And on today's episode, we're going to be talking about a classic anime with my boy Kyle from Dragon Ball Super Dope. But if you ask me, this anime should be considered one of the GOATs of Shonen Anime. We're going to be reviewing the first 13 episodes of, drumroll, Dragon Ball. And I will be giving my first reaction. First reaction? I know, I know you've seen Dragon Ball before. But guess what? I've never seen it in Japanese. So sit on back and enjoy this ride with me. Dragon Ball Super Dope. Rayshawn, thanks for helping me back, man. I appreciate it. And uh, thanks for the invite to do this episode. Like, I didn't realize it was the first time you'd watch these in Japanese. This shit's old hat to me. Like, I've done podcasts on, I think, each one of these episodes in the last few years on uh, Patreon or public stuff or whatever. But haven't talked about them in a while. Sat down, rewatched them over the last few days. And it was nice for me to revisit. Like, I think these are fucking hilarious. This is one of the more interesting Dragon Ball arcs to me. To be in the first one, it's still, you know, it's a very undefined series. But uh, very curious to hear some of your thoughts on this one. This first initial quest for the Dragon Balls. I think rewatching this and just Japanese, I feel like I really learned the difference in the censorship that Japanese versus like even like the English dub. Cause like even some of the things they change in phrases of certain things, I was like, okay, okay. That's that's a little different, but I can see why they went the other way in the English dub versus this. A lot of different things that I didn't think would be different, like outstanding things that I will see versus the dub in um, the English dub versus the Japanese. As sure. I'll say, like expressions, the way each character expresses themselves is really heightened in the Japanese dub. I don't know if it's just because it's like the animation is made for their voices. You know what I mean? So yeah. it's kind of more expressive when they do, when like they speak and stuff. Because like I've been trying to wrap my, my head around it because I'm like, and also I have to give it to great voice acting. They're great. It's really good voice acting. Like, so especially like the yelling and the screaming you can really tell they really go all out in the yeah. japanese dub versus time, the english dub primetime masako nozawa for little kid goku um but i think talking about getting what you're talking about like the expressions are heightened or like the voices seem heightened yeah i'm sure because it's originally done in japanese but i think another connection or like disconnect that we have the ability to make because we don't speak japanese is we listen to like the tone of the voice a lot more closely because we don't have the benefit of knowing the words that they're saying as mm. we're if we hear somebody speaking in english like we understand the words they're saying the inflection and the tone of their voice is a piece of that but like not the only piece we're really going off of but i think maybe we're just because we don't speak japanese we're more inclined to just dial into the tone of the voice the high-pitched excited nature of it especially if a character like goku or a pissed off bulma or a pissed off puar uh okay. pissed, off Puar, pissed off oolong lots of pissed off people in this arc it's a good introduction to everybody as a uh, varied personalities 
Freeze and then Goku's, you know, kind of flat character circle, not really bothered by anything thing. You know what's so funny, though? I've always loved Kid Goku. I don't, he's one of my favorite Shonen characters. I don't know what it is. I think it's his not really caring and just just adventuring and just going against anything that comes his way. I just really like him. And it's never really no, like, main problem within Goku. You know what I mean? It's always, like, the things surrounding him are the things he's getting involved with or trying to help people. Like, it's just, I don't know. Yeah, I'm always I mean, inspired to be Kid Goku. He's very unbothered. Like, he just kind of goes with the flow. But he also, like, uh, what's the right way to say it? He's unbothered, goes with the flow, but he also has, like, a quiet confidence about him in these early episodes. And I think part of it is because, yeah, he knows he's really strong. Like, first episode, you know, he's, like, out catching 300-pound fishes and chopping up tree trunks for firewood, like, first thing in the morning. Like, it's nothing. Like, we know the kid's strong, but he also knows he's strong. Because he's out there in the goddamn woods, though, by himself for so long, there's, like, a disconnect from the rest of the world. So he is quietly confident about his abilities and, you know, doesn't always doesn't always come off in like a super braggadocious way or some shit. It's just like him being like, no, I can do that. I could totally punch a hole through this wall or do this Kamehameha wave or whatever very quickly and it's no thing to him. I love little kid Goku. Yeah, but I think main reason why he has all that confidence is because his traveling partner is Bulma and she literally throws him at everything. Like, like anything that I've... <laughs> like, I was... I would love to have something like a Goku for every life crisis. <laughs> I mean, people kind of laugh at me when I say that Bulma is one of my favorite Dragon Ball characters because... Oh, she's she, amazing, though. She's an unconventional pick because you think of Dragon Ball, it's like strong guys, Goku, Vegeta, fights, big muscles, uh, blasts and stuff like that. But like Bulma is, you know, one of the smartest characters on Earth. At this mm-hmm. point in Dragon Ball, she's like 16-year-old dummy little girl, but she's still like doing stuff like inventing the Dragon Raider on the weekends. So she obviously is... Uh, on the up and up when it comes to her smarts at this point even now but she's still like an naive dumb little kid in her own ways opposite of Goku but she's like real quick to identify talent and like bring it on board so when she beats Goku in the first episode she's like oh man I tried to shoot the kid ran him over with my car seems pretty strong he'd be a great bodyguard hey kid you want to roll with me like that's just how she is man she's a politician she's a recruiter she knows what she's doing I, let, I always thought she was like you know I'm not gonna be able to take it from him so let me just get him on my side but I either either way is a smart way pick for her but that's low-key bringing us into the first episode so i guess we might as well go ahead and talk about it yeah episode one i tried to write down the japanese titles for these as i went through my notes uh episode one boma and goku cool because that's like the two main characters right yep and i've always told people you always you can never discount boma because she's literally one of the first two characters of Dragon Ball. You have to give her her props. And you gotta give a lot of the plot and the things that move around in Dragon Ball cannot be done without Bulma. Like, if you take Bulma out of Dragon Ball, I don't even know if you can find a Dragon Ball. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, I don't think the Dragon Balls ever come into the story of Dragon Ball unless you've got Bulma. So, like, it's, it's, it's pretty crazy. But I think a lot of people sleep on her because... Like when it when Dragon Ball Z first came over to the states, like Saiyan Saga in the Namek Saga, even though she goes to Namek, she's just chilling, hiding in a cave for most of it. So like she's very much damsel in distress. They don't get to see her be a useful part of the story like they do in Dragon Ball yeah. and Dragon Ball Z. So that being people's first like introduction to Bulma in a lot of ways, I think that kind of just stacked the deck against her. And everyone's like Bulma, she's fucking annoying, dude. Why do you like Bulma? Yeah. 
Don't but know. I mean, it's like you gotta give her props because she she low key made the ship to go to um what's the uh, where do they go to Namek? So I mean, yeah, you gotta give her a little bit. She but figures it all out. She's always the one to piece the shit together be- between the big fights. So I, I so basically in this episode, what I really wanted to talk about is basically how the whole dynamic started and them just me and then um. The first time she meets Goku, she literally just goes ham on the dude and just starts shooting him. To me, one of the it's pretty much one of the funniest scenes because to me, it, I feel like it's a normal reaction, <laughs> kind of, yeah. sort of, to her, from her perspective. And then did then seeing him like take those shots and then take her car and pick it up and then break it. I was thinking like from this perspective, like say if Goku was like a rapist, this is a fucked up situation. But like they like but think <laughs> from her perspective, like you extreme. went through all this. All this right now to get to him to stop, and he's not going down. What do you do? Hit the dude with a car. I hit him with a giant fish. I shot him in the head with my gun. He now picked up my car and threw it. I like Goku's like like you know he's never met a girl before. Now he's never really met any other people for the most part outside of Grandpa Gohan. But sees the car, thinks it's like a demon. Bulma comes crawling out of it. She's like, "What's up, Goblin? You're a Goblin living in that thing." <laughs> and like when he gets hit by those bullets, he thinks that it's black magic and that Bulma is a witch. Like the most I love the naive of God. Little Goku. Oh, shit, man. Goku. The so naive good. of him is so fucking hilarious because it'd be making you be like, "Well, you just cannot." Be just... But he can be like he's literally been in the woods and the offbringing. And his offspring is like this. And I and this disconnect that I've always had is um oh this actually said it in episode two, so I'll wait till episode two. And yeah. I was basically I think I think the sec I think the first one though, the, the way they meet and that sets up their di- their relationship for the rest of their lives. I never well, I never noticed. I never remembered how mean Bulma is to Goku, like especially in these first two or three episodes. She calls him an idiot like 10, 12 times. It's like her effing catchphrase, but we get to see Goku doing his thing in nature and you know hanging out with monkeys and beating up fish and shit and we meet yeah. the peel off gang learn about the dragon balls mm-hmm. there is one so at the end of the episode like whatever they've done like the first part of their thing they've met they're decided to journey together Bulma has to go off to take a pee and then she goes and ducks behind a rock he's behind a rock so that way Goku doesn't look at her I don't know I was, I, just like the lack of boundaries for Goku too he's like what's the matter why don't you just pee right here it's fine not to do it in a pervy way or anything but she goes behind the rocks and takes a leak and you just hear her scream my favorite line of this first episode, Goku hears your scream and goes, what's wrong? Did a snake bite your wiener or something? That's <laughs> me every single time. I always forget it's coming. Every time I see it, dude, I nearly piss my pants. Well, you know what's so funny? Like, I don't know what it is about, like, Japanese censorship. But the amount of times we see, like, just naked characters... Just in these 13 episodes. Yeah. It's fucking great. Like, it's some of these episodes that I highlight just scenes that happened that literally rolls the episode up just because that happened in that episode. And literally, so- it's something that happens in episode two that I have to talk about. That's uh-huh. fucking crazy. I think it's literally the uh, Pat Smack everyone knows about. Oh, uh-huh. the meme. The Pat Smack heard around <laughs> the world. Episode two. So, like, I like the title for episode two. I watch them on the Funimation app, and they have, like, the English localization names. But mm-hmm. they give you the Japanese title cards in the episode. So the Japanese title card for this one is what the dot 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 no balls and like you know a show named Dragon Ball if you watch the first episode you know they're collecting Dragon Balls you would get to the beginning of this episode and be like no balls what do they not find a ball where they expect to find a ball do they lose their Dragon Balls it's like nah dude we're talking yeah. about dongs and dicks and balls. Yep, this is where Those we start balls. to learn about the um, human anatomy. <laughs> Why do you much. always put things in such a classier way than I do? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and also, this is 
the first ep- episode where I really started to notice the change between Dino Caps and when they were calling them Ho- Hoi Pie Capital. Yeah, and I and I was, at first I was low key confused. I was like, what what is that? And then I was like, oh, so okay. Because then I was trying to think, is that like, is Dino Caps just like the English transit? Like, is that the English transition of that word, basically? Yeah, I believe Dino Capsules and the early dubs are Hoi Poi Capsules. And then as the show goes on, they don't call them dino capsules less and just capsules but yeah also they don't use capsules as regularly one thing that kind of i don't want to say it bothers me but uh i wish it was a little bit more clearly defined is that as we go on to learn later in the series Bulma's family owns the capsule corporation which makes this capsule technology when she shows up just using the capsule technology in the woods she doesn't strike me as the person who may have helped to invent it or like the daughter of the person who invented it she strikes me as like rich girl consumer type who just can buy all the best capsules but you know she, I, well she she seemed like her daddy might have invented them like she seems like that type of girl. i think she seems like i think she seems more like she's presented more like her daddy might have bought them not that her daddy invented. Okay, I'll say that because I guess if you think invented some, she would have like some good, like her own, like or special ones. And she didn't seem like she had any like really special kind of capsules with her. I mean, she had a house in one of those motherfuckers, which is cool because imagine putting a house in a capsule yeah. or anything else for that matter. One thing I always thought that was funny in this episode and it kind of made me was thinking is how did Pilaf know about the Dragon Balls? That's a pretty good question. I mean, it's one of those things where it's like, how does Bulma find out about the Dragon Balls? How does Pilaf find out about the mm. Dragon Balls? And then we meet Roshi in the next episode he has one hanging around his fucking neck he's 350 <laughs> years old he found this Dragon Ball over 100 years ago and he doesn't yeah. know what it is but he has a, the banjo yeah. plan he has all yeah. these like random artifacts but don't know what the Dragon Balls are he's like I got a I got a fan that puts out mystical fires that I throw <laughs> wonton soup on I've got uh, a phoenix that could give you eternal life. Got some magical elixir potion to remain young or whatever. Like, I have all these things. I'm Moot and Roshi, but what in the fuck is a Dragon Ball? <laughs> this, and then he got... Oh, I gotta wait till we get to that episode, because there was something else he said that was that just drove me a little funny. But this so, is what... Yeah, oh. episode two, what the no balls. Okay. Lots of nudity. Yeah. Bulma gives Goku his first bath. I thought that was cute. It was real nice sisterly type of moment. Uh, yo, peel off. He farts. That's funny. Yep. Farts are funny. And he doesn't want to take credit for it and almost fucking kills. What's his name about it? One, One of, of the favorite, favorite parts about that scene is that he's like, you did that, right? You farted. He's like, "Uh, no, right? He's like, you're a fucking liar. And instead <laughs> of being able to like hit the button under his desk to have the robot arms pop out to grab him, he has to like run across the room, hits the button. <laughs> he's like, man, I really got to move that switch. Boy, <laughs> there's just so many good little jokes like that like early dragon ball is so legitimately funny on purpose and and that's one thing i thought was um more expressed through the japanese dub it felt more like a funny fun show and i don't know if that's just because what you were saying like i'm really paying more attention to like their expressions and stuff since i don't really know what they're saying but it just really to me it felt like it felt more fun i don't know that was just that's something just from my perspective i think being able to use the original dialogue as it was written as it was intended like we're saying like japanese censorship laws in 1986 especially when the show aired i think it aired on wednesday nights i could be wrong Mm. but it it definitely premiered in like a prime time slot instead of like a saturday morning cartoon slot like dragon ball super does so that's one thing that kind of makes them have to ease up on some of the violence in Dragon Ball Super episodes nowadays. But back then, it was geared more toward like a martial arts 
comedy book. Like Dragon Ball Z kind of erases a lot of the comedy for most of it until you get back to Majin Buu. And then some yeah. goofy, surreal shit starts happening again. And it gets a little funny at points. Gotenks and Majin Buu and Hercule Satan being involved more often. But with early Dragon Ball, it was always baked into the formula. So it being so funny in its native language, they can say things like, where's your dick and balls? They can say <laughs> things like, uh, where, fuck, what did I what did I write down here? Were you abandoned because your chest is a butt? I think is <laughs> what that says. I have terrible handwriting, but your balls are gone. PP2, you help wash me, so I'll help wash you. Like those three things would never in a million years be in a Dragon Ball English dub. So being able to be faithful and not change the original jokes as they were intended, I think lends itself to letting it be a funnier show, man. English translations yeah. ruin shit sometimes. I mean... I think those three statements you just said will get you arrested now. Dude, <laughs> right. I, you wash me, so I'll wash you. Like, not in 2021, man. Not little that's, kids and fucking 16-year-old girls, man. That's all motherfuckers go to jail, man. That's great HR. I can hear that. I can already hear that one. <laughs> one thing I already saw... Because, you know, since... I don't know if this was more since I've um watched Dragon Ball. And I know I'll kind of like a lot of the wishes come. And they're mostly kind of like gag wishes. And then we kind of hear about Pilaf's wish to basically for world dominance. And to my head, I'm thinking, is that something he would actually wish for? Like, do you think he will like actually wish for that if he had the chance? He had the chance and he fucked it up. <laughs> He didn't act quick enough. <laughs> true, yeah. true, true. Perverted pig fucking beat him to the punch. But um, I don't know, man. Like, one thing that I kind of forget about these early episodes of Dragon Ball is Goku says that he's 14. Yes, go that's on to what learn. I was about to say that. We go on to learn later. He's actually 12 and he just can't fucking count, but whatever. Oolong is like a young kid. Pilaf, too, even though he's hanging out with Mai, who's like a full-grown woman. And a fucking talking dog named Shu. Oh, so he, Pilaf's a kid too. I'm pretty sure he's a kid too. Like, okay, that's like the only rich. one I was kind of questionable, and probably Oolong too. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Ool- I mean, because the thing, the Oolong episode is uh, kind of crazy. <laughs> it's kind of fucking like we're skipping ahead for a little bit, but like the Oolong episode is fucking gross. <laughs> I mean, until that's, you that's until you learn, it's like episode. oh, you're basically uh, the same age as a kindergartner. All right, this is less gross, but it's Still pretty gross. <laughs> Especially with the mindset he has. So <laughs> Yeah, for real, man. He's just always like mad horny. He's like Master Roshi, but I guess at an acceptable age to be Master Roshi perviness. I don't even know about that, man. There's like <laughs> a certain level of perviness. It's actually a good good segue to our third episode. Uh the oh, I actually wanted I wanted Kinto. to talk about the um the Goku oh, Bulma pussy smack. Oh, we forgot dude. all about the, the pussy the smack. Pussy smack heard around the world. I just kind of compartmentalize memes out of my brain sometimes. Like the pussy smack is something I've seen posted so much. Every and every time. time I watch it, I'm like, Yeah, this is classic OG shit. Oh, I, to me, it's just one of the most iconic scenes from Dragon Ball. If you if you don't if you have never seen this scene, you I know you haven't watched Dragon Ball. Are you? I can't even say you're skipping through it because it's literally the second episode, so right. you're not watching it. So you have you have to know this one. Oh, and I also have one other question before we moved over, and it was basically: Is them I skipping? No, yeah. Where did they get the salt water for the turtle? Uh, salt water <laughs> and seaweed. It's like, did they just go in there and just put water and salt? That's not salt water is it that's i would have tried to do that yeah but that's, this is like that's for your turtle. what i would have did too yeah <laughs> i'm pretty sure i would actually kill a turtle maybe but whatever. but if i w- 
Oh, we forgot to do last episode. So let's go ahead. What would you rate last episode if you? Oh, I guess if you. Oh, yeah, you want to do like a, you want to do like a one out of ten kind of deal? Yep. All right. So episode one, Bulma and Goku. Lots of hit Goku classic moments. Um, Bulma shoots Goku in the head, hits him with a car. Classic shit. I'll give it like a eight point five. That's literally what I gave it. So I guess we'll just give it an 8.5. And then episode two, I mean, I kind of like episode two better than episode one, personally. I think it's way funnier. And there's lots of weird shit. One of the most uncomfortable lines to me is when Goku realizes that him and Bulma are going to sleep together in the house. He's like, oh, wow, it's been so long since I've slept with somebody. She's like, what? You're not sleeping with me, perv. He's like, why not? I used to sleep with my grandpa and I'd sleep with my head in his lap and it was nice and soft. And I was just like, you what? Back up. Repeat what you just said. Actually, don't repeat it. I'm already well, disturbed that's, uh, enough. Child services would be like, hold up. <laughs> yeah, right. They don't have CPS out in the fucking mountains of Japan, I guess. <laughs> well, that would be fucking hilarious. Uh, so episode two, I liked it better. I gave you the first one 8.5. I'll go I'll go 10 out of 10 for episode two. Dang. I actually yeah. gave episode two an eight. Solid. It's not a bad episode. I just didn't feel like it was as as me as impactful as the first episode. Did like the introduction of the episode is always gonna probably be either a special episode. I just felt like the second episode was a good second episode. Like did you, <laughs> did you get uncomfortable with how much dick and balls was in it? No, it's Probably no, not I can't even say the lack of because they literally show everything. Like, like that really is what surprises me. Like, like yeah, <laughs> yeah. They show you Goku's dick like five different times in the stretch of episodes. Also, I noticed today for the first time ever, I think there's a shot of Ulan's dick too in one of these episodes, and I was like, holy god. A pig dick? I never noticed it before. <laughs> I don't remember. What episode was that? Oh. I think it was the second to last episode. Or maybe mm. the episode before, or maybe the episode after that. It's either episode 12 or 13. It's like a weird shot of him and Puar, like, transformed after they escape out of the castle and like Puar's got like a bat wing out or some shit and like it's covering Oolong's like torso his head's revealed and then there's just a little tiny bit just below the bat wing and it's Oolong's little tiny pig dick that is crazy it's fucking funny as hell I guess that'll be moving us into episode three one of my favorite episodes Turtle Hermit. Kinto Oon. This is the first time we introduced to his kind of his fighting style to rock, paper, scissors, which is actually we've seen this um fighting style and like different anime like in hunter x hunter we got your main character kind of doing the same fighting style so i i just wonder if this is like something that's like within like japanese culture so what do you mean like naming a move after rock paper scissors or like, like is like is that uh, is that from a style like is they incorporating that like is that um john ton or something i don't know why don't what know, i was yeah. just about to say or anything were you about to say jeet kindo I think so. I think it's a Bruce Lee thing. I feel like it's like that's how you're supposed to say it anyway. Um, I don't know, honestly. I mean, it's cool to see that because we haven't had the Kamehameha yet. We'll get that in a few episodes, but this is like the first time you see Goku like having have some a technique. type of like yeah, I guess it having And some he type uses of... it to punch out a giant fucking bear with a sword who talks shit. That All the animals talking in this world, man. They, that's I that was another question I had, but that was for another episode where I was literally about to be like, is is fucking Master Roshi just friends with all the fish? Like like this is this fucking <laughs> So episode three, they're bringing the the Kame, the turtle back to Master Roshi's house, right? Yep. And they whatever, they like reunite him. 
There's another episode, though, where Pilaf shows up on the island and McMaster Roshi's not home. But there's like an alligator chilling outside and they like shake down the alligator for information. Like, where the fuck's Master Roshi? <laughs> and the alligator's like, dude, he went to the grocery store or whatever he fucking says. And I'm just like, first of all, this alligator talks too. That's strange. Second of all, where'd he go? Like Master Roshi's island is not very big. He obviously had a relationship with a dude. Would Master Roshi kick him off the island when he got back that day? Never see the dude again. You know what? You know what else was funny? It's an episode what made me think about this is when um Goku and Chi Chi were riding to um Master Roshi house and they literally stopped in the middle of the ocean and dolphin came out and fucking told him <laughs> where Master true. Roshi was. And I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> like what? <laughs> what the fuck? Hey man, dolphins know how to get to the Kame house too. Master Roshi's throwing all sorts of wild parties and shit. And this is uh, one thing I thought was funny. It's like, how were the Pilaf gang tracking the Dragon Balls? Because they literally had somebody like call over the phone. <laughs> Who's the first call? <laughs> it's a real convoluted <laughs> process. They have to get. They have like an intel team on the ground, just shaking down villagers for information about strange, glowing, mystical orbs and shit. But by like the sixth or seventh episode, they do have my build a giant Dragon Ball radar on a screen. So those phone calls go away. I think Mai is an underappreciated technical genius. Like yeah, she serving had- this blue little dummy and fucking hanging out with a talking dog all day. Meanwhile, she's building a Dragon Ball radar on par with Bulma's, I guess. It's just a giant size version of it. But yeah, I mean, yeah. it was really um because they were able to attract the one they had to the exact location, which is like you gotta give her props for that. But yeah, you know yeah. what else was funny? One of uh, just another one of the funny things. Like I don't really, I don't remi- remember this being worded or phrased this way in the dub. But it was basically they were talking about the phoenix, and he was like, "The phoenix died of food poisoning." I'm not <laughs> like, <laughs> I was just but, like, I'm not sure that was in the dub, <laughs> like. Yeah, right. I'm saying like, I feel like because it's we're watching it in Japanese, that dub, like in, when they localized it in English, they were probably like, kids aren't going to get that fucking joke. Like <laughs> kids are going to get a food poisoning joke about an eternal phoenix that's supposed to grant you a turtle life. That's, supposed that's to- exactly what I was about to say. Like, yeah. <laughs> and then I was like, and then he was just about to give it to Goku and give him eternal life. I'm like, he was literally about to make Goku OP within the second episode. Like, so this is exactly what I wrote down. Roshi tries to give the phoenix slash eternal life what if scenario 350 years is a long time roughly around how how old roshi is if he was willing to give goku eternal life just for bringing his fucking turtle home (laughs) how many other people has he offered eternal life to like how many other people are walking around the planet as old as master roshi just waiting to bump into goku being like yeah i met that phoenix once Oh, he died of food poisoning? Terrible. Glad I met him before that. I'm eternal life, baby. That's what I got. This going up to my um, next scene is going to kind of add on to what you were kind of just saying. It's um, one of my favorite scenes. And what I were talking about earlier, just some of the nudity that we get throughout Dragon Ball. And we literally get one of my favorite scenes when Bulma literally pulls up her fucking um, dress and there's no um, panties. And so she literally shows her pussy and Master Roshi nosebleed. That shit is fucking crazy. But you know what else I thought was funny? Not even funny. What was funnier said right before that is when um, Master Roshi asked Turtle, so did Bulma do anything to help with the situation? And Turtle was like, no. (laughs) Nah, she did nothing but be a bitch and complain the whole time. (laughs) I thought that was fucking hilarious. 
I don't know why, but it's just one of the funniest scenes to me. So there's a couple things going on between the turtle and Roshi. And I put Bulma first. Like, Goku has the reveal, like, takes off her fucking underwear while she's asleep and reveal, like, realizes that she doesn't have a dick and balls, and that freaks him out. <laughs> she wakes up and goes about her day all freaked out, and then she's, you know, going out and about. She does this dress thing later, and I don't know, man. I, too, have a dick and balls, so I don't know what it's like to wear women's underwear, you know? So, but you think they would be able to feel that, right? You'd, right? you'd be able to tell <laughs> that you don't have underwear on, wouldn't you? Before you just lift up your dress like that to a crazy old man. But the the request that he's making to you know just be a perv on on Bulma, the turtle is like, yo, what? What did you just ask for? <laughs> he's like the only. Shit. <laughs> so he's I the thought... only person with a conscience in that moment. I thought a lot about this, dude. Because like, even we... Bulma's like, fuck it, I'm just gonna just do. It. <laughs> well, Bulma kind of like even when she first meets Goku, she's like, I mean, she doesn't realize how naive Goku is, but she's like, don't try any funny business, buddy. And she's, <laughs> She's like, oh, shit, this kid doesn't even know what funny business would be. He's so naive. And then she meets Roshi and she's just like, yeah, like she's uncomfortable with it, obviously. But she's also like kind of expecting it at the same time. So it kind of just goes whatever with her. She fights it until she needs to do it to get what she wants. But Turtle, he's like, I've been gone from for a year. Like... <laughs> What happened to you, Master Roshi? Why are you like this now? And when we watched these for Dragon Ball Super Dope a couple of years back and did OG episodes, like we well, that's would do. A good, that's a good thing, thinking that like Master Roshi kind of changed between when he was gone. That's a odd even think about that. So my theory is, I think the turtle says he's like 150 years old or over 100 years old or something like that. We know Roshi's like over 350, I think, or in that vicinity. The turtle gets lost and is away from the Kame house for a year. Master Roshi's alone for the first time in a hundred fucking years. He probably just went mad beating off all around the house, loaded up on nudie magazines, took his submarine to shore went to the local adult bookstore, brought home a stat, and has just been working the tissue box overtime ever since. And now the turtle is back and he's like, God damn it. <laughs> what the fuck is going My on? My privacy, it's gone. But at least there's this girl here and I've seen and I've seen a lot of things and learned about a lot of stuff in the last year through my nudie magazines. So I'm going to you know, pop through this girl. That surprised me. And I don't know if this is like, if I can call myself a Dragon Ball Z fan, because when I seen this, it kind of hurt me. I didn't know the turtle name was Kame. Oh, so it's not Kame. Kame is the word for turtle. Uh, the, oh, turtle's, Ka- the turtle's name is Uragami. Uh, U-R-I-G-A-M-E, which I think has like something to, that might be like sea turtle-ish specifically, but his mm-hmm. name is Uragami. But yeah, Kame has in Kamehameha. So that just means term. So, oh, okay. Kame means turtle. Turtle wave Kamehameha. Now it feels double stupid. Now it makes sense. At first, because like how I was thinking, I was like, so is the turtle Master Roshi's master? Yeah, Kame is Kame Senen, the turtle master's, the turtle hermit's master. That's why I was like that. This is roommate. Yeah, he doesn't want to watch him jerk off. So we went and got lost for a year, and now Master Roshi can't stop thinking about sixteen-year-old girls. I guess it's a plague, really. But I was, but I'm thinking that like, if you think it's not a, that much of a difference from um, oh, who lives in the tower? I can't even think of his name. It just disappeared for some. Pilaf? No, the tower. Which tower? Karin. Karin. Yeah, Karin. That wouldn't be that much different from Kern, a cat from a turtle. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> but at least that cat is like uh, a sage, I guess. Yeah, it makes like beans and shit, and he can train you. 
origami just needed to get his ass lifted back to the ocean which is fucking hilarious to me because like when it's more hilarious cl- that goku does it he's just like yeah sure whatever no i think out. it's funny because right before that he was like crushing rocks and he was literally about to just destroy that turtle, and the turtle yeah. didn't say anything. i'm so. gonna go outside and get some exercise mix it up he's like whoa put me down dude <laughs> <laughs> No, because it's like the scene before that. He literally like just picking up boulders and just like ah, just busting right. them open. So I'm literally like, oh, that turtle was about to be. <laughs> he was about to be an open can good <laughs> with Goku. <laughs> but you know what? He brought him back to Roshi, and Roshi quick to make friends. Obviously, can't give out a phoenix and gives him the Kinto un. And it's and it really showed. This was probably the first episode where you start to see how like kind Goku is and being able to be one of those people who would go out for his friends yeah i mean even just go out of his way for fucking people he just met and yeah random yeah random people i mean unless he's got like turtle brethren back in the fucking mountains doubtful because he just thinks the ocean is a big ass river young naive goku is one of my favorite things in the world man (laughs) so if you had to rate this episode what would you give it i don't know man so many good moments meet roshi this jerk off thing that i've had going on in my brain for the last two years and how it's so bizarre comes from this episode bear with a sword you get to see the um the flying nimbus oh there's a weird ass scene in here with pilaf just like beating the shit out of some muslim people for information for where the next dragon ball is (laughs) like (laughs) It's fucking bizarre, dude. That scene's in here. That's a really weird scene. I'm going. You know what's crazy? That's the type of like when he when it when he did that. That's the type of thing I kind of see Trump doing. (laughs) Yeah, small little man with a big fat fucking head, tiny little baby hands. A fucking hates Muslims. Weak. A (laughs) fucking assholes, man. Except one is like played up for comedic relief the other is a fucking clown that we all unfortunately have to deal with in real life true um i'm going nine out of ten man this is a great episode damn same we got the same score on it's nine out of ten it's actually one of my out of the top three my favorite episode because i don't know i feel like we get the you start to kind of get the story fleshed on with this episode and you start to see um you get to see Master Roshi, and you kind of get to see more characteristics of, of Goku, not long, only just being a fighter type of person, but also being like a caring type of character. And yeah. kind of seeing Boma, I felt like Boma wasn't as annoying and as other episodes she's going to be, but in this episode, <laughs> she was pretty pretty decent in this episode. I mean, other than the fact that she didn't want to fucking do anything until she <laughs> fucking looked around her surrounings and was like, well, I can't do anything either, so let, yeah, me just, right. let me just stay with you, Goku type shit. I just think they do a good job of, in these first few episodes of, like, like you said, letting us get to know the characters' personalities a little bit, but another thing that I like, and I think you kind of really start to feel it more once you meet Master Roshi and Yami too subsequently and how Yamcha knows these other people in the world like everyone's heard of Roshi the god of martial arts everyone's heard of the great Sun Gohan and the great Gyu Mao and all this shit like I like those little drops in these early episodes that like kind of get you excited to meet other characters and like kind of build out other pieces of the history of the world I like that shit yep because that that brings us into what uh, episode four Oolong the terrible fucking no, creepo three. monster <laughs> No, we have we have episode four. Yeah, we had episode four. Oolong the terrible monster who kidnaps little girls from villages 
dressed as like demons in tuxedos or middle-aged men and then was going to make them his wife but actually just takes them back to his mansion to take care of them for the rest of their lives you know the one thing i the thing i was kind of kind of what was puzzling me about this episode was like and all these transformations right was he still only like at pig strength like he was only at the strength the strength of a pig yeah yeah he does say it at a certain point and and I don't know if it's this episode or the next one, but he's like, even though I transform into this big thing, I'm only still as strong as I am. So, yeah. Because mm, that was like one thing I was like, any, like if any of these people just decided to just fought the fight back, I, I guess just being terrorized by how big this thing is, it's just like, yeah, <laughs> it's a big. Because that it was that one scene when that dude had the, uh, the little kid had the slingshot and him in the back of the head with a rock and he was all like breaking down from that. And I'm yeah. like, nobody was like, well, maybe. Like, but I was like, I guess he's still a big ass. You still gotta, because I even, I guess even myself, if I was like in Walmart and I was in like the line and the guy in front of me was like some big ass motherfucker, I probably wouldn't talk shit to him either. Yeah, you don't want to step to him. But I think, you know, all bluff and bluster, if one of those villagers decided that they just had enough that day and fuck it i have a death wish i'm gonna kill this fucking demon and just took a shotgun blast at oolong we might have never met oolong man but then you would think the um the situation would probably cause you to want to do something because he's literally coming there stealing people darted which until the end of the episode i literally thought oolong was probably uh a piece of shit like because before like when i first watched dragon ball because i because when i first watched dragon ball i had seen z before dragon ball so i only knew oolong from just kind of being with Master Roshi. So seeing his introduction, seeing him like this, I'm like, well, Goku Moral Compass is just, you know, if you say sorry, I guess he forgives you. But then I guess when you get to the end of the episode and realize he's not really like fucking them or anything. Nah, he's a big old sucker have being taken advantage of these little <laughs> girls. Like again, like five, six year old girls are like living their best lives. Oolong's going out and robbing banks to get them rings and <laughs> doing like aerobics around the house and wearing fancy furs and shit. Well, I um, thought that was fucking hilarious. And then I was thinking from their perspective, I wouldn't want to go home back to the village either. I'm living <laughs> fucking living life like that. I'd be mad as hell. I'd be like, what for happened? real? They go to the mansion at the end of the episode. They show the parents walk in and all the little girls are like, yo, what's up? Yeah, we're fine. You can leave. And you know, this is also the, the first episode of this. Why do people not know? Can can nobody see these big ass mansion castles these people be living in? Like they like, where is Oolong at? What the fuck? <laughs> like, you would be to see that. Like this is the first and last time you see Oolong's mansion. After this, he's either homeless, kicking it at Kame House, or he's at Master Roshi's house, or, or, or the Capsule Corp building. Yeah. Like, one of those two. Something Where the is. fuck this mansion go? Did he just give it over to a, a herd of six-year-old girls? Like, what the hell? He probably gave it to the village, because I remember him saying something about, like, he he bought it from, like, robbing people. So I yeah. guess you know I guess he to rob to buy that fucking house? <laughs> But then it shows you like all these characters all having like these bad deeds put upon them. Cause like when we meet another character, it made me kind of think like maybe some of his background, like is he more evil than we maybe more is not evil's the word, but more um diabolical. Maybe di- no, I don't think diabolical. It's the same word basically. <laughs> but has he done things that's not good, you know, having done some some bad Check shit. Check past or whatever. 
That, that's basically what I'm going to say. So then this, I, that is episode four. If you were rating episode four, what would you give it? I'm going to go like a seven. The best part of this episode is when they try to catch Oolong by having Goku do the cross-dressing bit. Yeah, that and was then funny. Goku's funny. like waiting for too long and he's really got to take a piss. And Oolong shows up and he's like monologuing too long. So Goku just drops Trow and just takes a piss. Oolong realizes that Goku has a dick. Completely ruins his day. He's like, why does this cute girl have the thing that I hate the most? Uh, dick i hate dudes (laughs) i hate dicks and with that we end today's episode thanks for listening i want to let you guys know this is part one of three parts so there will be two more parts coming on the way to finish off this episode also i want to let you guys know if you want to find me on social media you can find me on instagram at rgap2 also for my co-host on the episode you can find him at dragon ball super dope And with that, I want to say thank you for listening and come again.